With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm delighted 
to be joined by James McKenzie on this Monday afternoon. Plenty to discuss, James. Um, because of the times, etc., we didn't do our usual match day coverage, uh, but we are back. We're back on the Monday Bulletin, and we'll certainly be covering every game from now until the end of the season. There is plenty to discuss. Yes, Ange has seen off another Ibrox gaffer. There might be a couple of comments coming in saying, why are we talking about them? Well, it impacts us because obviously they are the nearest challengers. We'll have a wee chat about that and everything else Celtic related, James. But before we do that, here's the first comment coming in from Ridiculizer. Happy Mondays, says Ridiculizer. That, that is perfect because you came along on Friday night to Barra's Art and Design to see the front man of the Happy Monday, Sean Ryder, an audience with that icon. How did you find it? I thought it was really enjoyable. I was, had to bring my dad along. He's a massive fan of the Happy Mondays. I, I thought it was a really good show. I was stunned when I saw that you'd pulled it off, that you'd got the interview in the first place. But <laughs> when it was when it was all there in person, it was yeah, it was a really good night. Aye, totally. And um Incredibly, there were some really well-known faces in the crowd. Simon Weir, artist and um, actor extraordinaire, was in the crowd. Big Celtic man, as was Lemmy. Some yeah. I heard the rumour circulating Lemmy's in the building, and I was thinking, no, nah, surely not. And then he tweeted about it that night, saying that he he liked it, even though Sean was late. <laughs> uh, if you're getting Lemmy to say you like something, then you've done well. Yep, I'll take that. I might put it as a quote on the next poster. But we are here to talk about all things Celtic. And the breaking news this morning, obviously, within Scottish football, is the fact that uh, Giovanni, Gian, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has been sacked by Rangers. Um, now, to be totally honest, and I'm not just saying this, I couldn't even tell you what the list of candidates looks like because I don't pay that much attention, James, because I'm too concentrated, too focused on what Celtic are doing. So I don't know who they've got lined up. I don't know who would be taking temporary charge. But he was their fifth manager, fifth permanent manager in 10 years. They've also had numerous caretaker managers for the period, accumulatively, of one year. And what I would say is, despite what the, the press might try and do in terms of cooking up stories, etc., etc., I just think that that whole period and, and the fact that they've sacked their gaffer halfway through a season shows just how dominant Celtic have been over the last decade. Yeah, and it could have been sacked so much earlier, if you think about it. The fans have been calling for his head since maybe two games into the Champions League campaign. And the fact that we've been so dominant as well, when you compare our form to theirs this season, it just leads to a bit more annoyance from the other side. And I've got a few Rangers supporting me, so I've heard the murmurs of who they're wanting. And it doesn't really... If this was who was getting linked to the Celtic job, I wouldn't really be very inspired. I've seen Gerard, I've seen Michael Beale, I've seen Sean Dyche, of all people, mm. getting linked to the job. So it doesn't exactly fill me with fear that it could be very, very competitive going into the future. But we'll need to, we'll need to wait and see how they act and see how it affects the second half of the season. Well, there are a few very good points coming in and uh, the first I would bring up is IH Decorating. Thanks for getting involved on the YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, get subscribing on there. Uh, we're running various competitions over the next month, right up until the end of the year actually. We're just under 20,000 subs. If you subscribe, you get put into prize draws and the latest one is two tickets to go and see um, the ultimate experience, which is the celebration of... Vim Janssen's team when we won the one 
rather than stopping the 10 with one the one and um, obviously there will be further announcements as to who is going to be on the stage for that particular night but we do have a pair of tickets all you need to do is subscribe to the channel Ajax Decorating has done that four goals in the Champions League and only one in the Sydney Cup regardless of who the next manager over the road is we need to strengthen up front criminal how many chances we pass up and I get that because it's all about right let's focus on Celtic right now um, and we will get into that that discussion I think James about um, strengthening on up top it's really been for me looking at uh, the Champions League campaign um, but also like as IH decorating said last couple of games over in Australia listen I hate using the word because it could trend on Celtic Twitter but it's all about not being clinical enough and that, that has been proven again we're creating the chances I mean I think we, we made Everton look like a average side we, we we totally dominated them but we're, we're not clinical enough up top are we yeah I was one of the people who didn't really like the phrase that we weren't clinical but when you really look in it the players they are scoring a lot of goals but the amount of chances we get it outweighs the amount of goals we score by some bit and mm-hmm. I know they're friendlies and a lot of people I'd say don't look too much into it but you're still seeing the same issues that we saw in the other big games against the teams in the Champions League so it would be hard to find a top striker in this market that's a better finisher than Yakimakis and a better finisher than Kyogo and will be allowed to leave his club in January of all windows. But if we're looking at what sort of striker you want, would, are you thinking someone similar to a Dembele or an Edward mode, a younger striker, or would you be looking for someone that fits the same sort of age range when we sign Kyogo and Yakimakis? I, I think it's a, a very good question because when you look at the strikers that Ange has brought to the club, um, you ask yourself if that is the type, and I'm not just talking about the age range, but the type of striker that Edouard and, and Dembele were, is that the type of striker that Ange wants? You know, that that's a, the big question that I've got in my head. And I'm thinking back to some of the comments that's been made, uh, particularly by Liam, who's been watching the progress of Ange in Japanese football. Um, and he speaks about the fact that we don't tend to have talisman, we don't tend to have you know figureheads, if you like. And if we score um, 100 goals in a season and five players score 20, that's more in the kind of Ange mode than having that out-and-out striker. And whilst I totally understand that approach, when we're creating the chances that we are creating, um, you need a much better ratio because we could have really put Everton to the sword. I mean... A chance or a clear-cut chance, two completely different things. And obviously, we rack up the chances. You see them uh, game after game. Uh, the Champions League stats don't lie when it when it shows you how many shots at target on target or shots at goal that we had. Um, and I just think that, you know, you mentioned two, for me, two of the best modern-day Celtic strikers in, in, in Dembele and Eduard. I think Dembele um, the best I've seen in I'm not surprised. And one one of the things I think that um that sometimes is overlooked about Dembele is the amount of defensive work he did. Unbelievable defensive work, particularly in his own box, the amount of headers he won defensively. You're not going to catch Eduard doing that, by the way. They're completely different in that respect. But um those two players obviously the next kind of run of strikers we've had, the next batch of strikers in Kyogo and Yakamakis have been completely different. Now, the thing with Yakamakis is that he is that one-touch striker, isn't he? He's a guy that you think he has got that Kenny in his locker, but he hasn't really 
got the minutes this season. Uh, whereas Kyogo is a completely different player, more of a, a kind of team player. He does spend a lot of time drifting from that central position. Um, and I've said all along, and I think you've agreed, um, that one of the main areas we have to improve, not based on the Sydney Cup, uh, but maybe strengthened by the performances in the Sydney Cup, um, is up top. We need to bring in another striker. And my, my biggest fear was just being left too short. Um, we're entering a period of the season now where they're, the the main challengers are in disarray. You know, the, you know they don't know what's coming next in terms of the manager. When the manager comes in, how does he want to change the squad? Um, how long does that take? You you know, I don't think that it's a scenario where you're going to expect him to hit the ground running. Uh, to use another cliche, Ange was able to do that because we had to James. We had to win the league in his first season. Um, that that was a, a given. Whereas here, I think it's a, a case of them just basically looking at this this season almost as um, one that you're going to have to write off in terms of the league. Um, they're going to have to rebuild. And um, obviously, there's going to be departures in January. But I, I don't think, as IH decorating said, we, we then take our foot off the gas. We stick to the principles. We stick to the plan. And to be honest with you, I'd be confident that Ange would do that in any case. But what type of striker? Because that's a position I don't think we've seen many players linked to us have we in the last few um, months there's there's a German player Robin Hack that I saw got mm. linked he's playing in the second league in Germany I think he's either a bottom feeder team in the Bundesliga or a second division team but that's the only sort of player I've seen linked there's not really been any concrete strikers linked that I can think of since uh, we got linked with Jakimaka so we obviously went on and signed mm. I think they just thought we've seen Kobayashi the centre back but that's about it that's about it, really. The, the kind of firm links, you know, to players, and I'm sure there will be a huge amount of them once the um, the floodgates open in January. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree. It won't change our plans for sure. But I do think that the fact that they're in a state of flux over at Ibrox, it, it really does strengthen um, just how dominant we have been over them, uh, not just in the last decade, but in particular over the the last uh, ten, eleven years. Uh, five managers in that time, and another one going to come in, who knows who that's going to be uh, I see a few names flying about in the comments some I think are a wee bit tongue in cheek but I, I was speaking at the beginning of the season James and I was doing this thing and Peter Grant was involved it was a discussion that we did on the radio and um, there, were, there were two big questions at the end, one was who's going to be the star man this season and I said Rio Atate and then secondly where will the club finish the season and I said well it's two in a row and there was a wee stifled laughter because it was almost as if, oh, you're going for that 10 in a row thing again. Well, of course you are. You, you want to win the league every season. And um, that's what Beach Boys is saying. Two in a row, eight more to go. Absolutely. Um, why not? That's what it's all about, James. But I mean, Celtic's focus has always been looking after your own backyard. That's the, that's the kind of mentality Ange has, isn't it? Yeah, Ange says it in his press conferences all the time. It was, I can't remember the quote, he was saying, we'll focus on build our house and then we'll compare them at the end of the season it's, I, I really love that phrase but when you're talking about Rio Hitati there I've think, I think I was preaching it as well when we were covering the pre-season friendlies I was saying he was going to be one of our top players if not the top player but when you're talking about a type of striker that we should be going for I don't know if we'd be able to get one in January because I don't mm. know if, if there's top strikers that are out there would your club want to sell them in January I think if there's a time we would we would be getting a striker, it would be in the summer. But mm -hmm. Anne just said already, I think it was during the Champions League campaign, that all the planning for January is done. We're planning for the summer now. He said that back in around October time. 
Yeah. So yeah. if he was planning the window around then, he would have seen the chances missed. So maybe a, a striker would be in his plans. I'm not too sure, but I think it could be a real possibility that a striker comes in in January, hundred percent. But I think if you want to really get a good player for a good price, I think the summer might be the time. We've got no European football to worry about for the second half of the season, which is where the striker problems were. I think we've been pretty fine domestically. We've still been winning games and the players have still been scoring goals. I think it could wait until the summer and you could maybe get a better option then as well. No, it's a, I think it's a good point because we do have cover from the likes of Abada, Haksabanovic, for example, Maeda, who can all play through the middle. Um, you mentioned Eduard before, a player I was a massive fan of. And obviously it was, you know, it was kind of dampened a wee bit near the end with, with the attitude and the application, etc. However, the way that we did that deal, I thought was a very interesting way to do the deal where you're bringing in this guy who's from a an elite academy, basically. Who's done, he's had a bit of football at Toulouse, but obviously PSG Academy and you're, you're bringing him in on loan with a view to buy him in the summer. So again... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of prodigy uh, on our radar, uh, and we would bring him in maybe on loan with a view to bringing him in in the summer. But again, he cost us nine million quid, didn't he? So it's a it's a big, massive um, investment in a player. However, if we want to progress, that's the type of investment we're going to need. I've not had much chance, James, to talk about the Sydney Cup. I've not really been on it because um, we'll come back to this, but we played a wee visit down to Manchester last week, and I'll talk about that. Um, so in terms of the two games, there was a disappointment in the opening game, um, followed by the response, I think, against Everton, because you know Ange comes out, and he's very he's brutally honest at times, which you, which you love. Uh, and I think we did get a response against Everton, but the disappointment of the first game, can you maybe measure that by saying, and I know Ange Postacoglu who wouldn't be listening to these excuses, by saying, you know, the travel time, a very quick game after that. I mean, are there a few other factors to take into consideration here? Yeah, the players looked very jet-lagged in the Sydney game, at least. They didn't look as sharp as they usually would. I'd say Kyogo would be the only player that looked... Like he was on the ball on the game. I was able to catch the full Sydney game and they were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans were quite surprised by the performance. Like the second goal Sydney scored was a really good quality, a really good finish, cuts inside as well. And it wasn't even just Ange that was, he was disappointed with the result. I think Anthony Ralston that was that done the interview, he was yeah. talking about how disappointed he was and how he takes these games as the same as just another league game. Would you want to be dropping points in a game like this? And I, I would be lying if I said I stayed up till quarter to four to watch the Everton game, but I have seen the highlights back. And there was a bit of a response, but you can only respond so much when Everton are sitting with 10 men behind the ball for the entire game. They were playing some anti-football. When you're, when you're coming over to Sydney mm-hmm. to play a game of football, why would you stick everybody behind the ball? I know. If I know. you've got fans this year that are waiting to see an Everton game for ages and you come out and play football like that, well, they got they won on penalties in the end. I would. I don't think they've got. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than five G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. 
comfortable penalty taker in our squad, or at least even for the last few years, I can't think of a player who I felt confident when they stepped up to take a penalty. We saw Gigi miss another penalty there. But mm-hmm. overall, this is the Super Cup. I'd like to see us do events and tournaments and trips like that a lot more often. I think you're tapping into these markets that you want to keep invested in our club. And overall, despite the results, I think it's a success. Yeah. No, you're right. Because, I mean, I'm a bit like Tony Ralston and, and probably Ange as well. Every time Celtic play, you want them to win. And, it, you know, people were using the, the old quote from Jock Steen where we don't play friendlies. It's one that, you know, I think that it, it basically um, it's a mantra. And it's probably a mantra of Angie's as well. And I totally get it. I never want to see a goal against Celtic, never mind a defeat. Um, but when you look at the Sydney game, initially, a lot of the, the chat we had on on the, on the chat group with the Australian boys um, is that obviously this is showing the, the quality of their, the standard of their game as well. Um, it's almost showcasing that because they've been saying all season to us, you know, the standard of the game over there, there, there are a few teams that they reckon would be um, you know, I'm not saying they're going to come over here and win the league, but they would be pretty comfortable in our league. And obviously, we're up against them, and, and we've seen that. Um, he doesn't accept any kind of lackluster performances, but one one positive, I guess, um, maybe an unseen benefit at this stage is the fact that you know we spoke about some of the young guys being in the squad. James Vata and uh, Lawal got game time. Um, in the first team, they're travelling with the squad, and I think back to some of the the, the players that came through just on the back of the Lisbon Lions run, went on to become known as the Quality Street Kids. And they used to be taken away um, as hamper boys, as it was called, where basically they were part of the squad, but um, it was all about experience. And I think what Andrew's done with these guys um, is crucial. It's absolutely vital because I'm not saying they're going to get a run of games in the second half of the season, but whilst you can get them involved in the first team, be that at training, and I know that those two and Robertson have been involved in training uh, with the first team as well. I think that's absolutely vital, especially when you look at some of the guys we've lost, James, some of the young kids, uh, most recently Ben Doak, obviously, um, tearing it up for Liverpool. You want to get these guys in and about the first team so that they think there is a way, there is a break, you know, a way breaking through, um, there is a pathway into the first team. Yeah, there's especially with guys like Vata, the big clubs are starting to circle, the Sharks are starting to circle. And you saw with players like Ben Doak, oh, the list goes on, I would be here for ages if I was to list all the players that have lost the big clubs before they really got a chance. So we don't want another situation like that. We're seeing it with Ben Doak again. He has absolutely written it up. He's played for Liverpool. He's played in the first team. It was yeah. off the bench, but he has played for the Liverpool first team. And you're trying to tell me the only game time that we could find Ben Doak was... 10 minutes in a Scottish Premiership game at home and five minutes at the end of the game against Rangers. I mean, come on. We've got to find a better pathway for these players. And we, again, we'd be talking about it for ages if we were to go over the amount of players we've lost, which just emphasises the situation. There's a whole team, potentially. I mean, obviously, some of these guys won't go on and, and play for the Bayern Munich first team, etc., or some of the clubs down south that they've gone to. But there is potentially a whole team of players that um, are in their late teens, early 20s, that Celtic have had and, and, and have lost. And I think that the, the biggest fault that we've had, James, in that respect is when we were dominating, uh, and I think we are going back onto a run of domination, uh, for nine years. And, and there's games at home 
uh, that you've got to have a couple of players on that bench, young guys, and you've got to bring them on and give them some game time. If you're winning two or three now, for example, and you know over that nine year period, there was loads of examples, of, you know, opportunities where we could have done it and we didn't do that. Um, so I think that that was a big disappointment for me. But now Ange is obviously trying to introduce these two players in. One thing I would ask you then, right? If if for example, use those two. I know Robertson's coming to the, the end of his contract. I don't know what the future holds for him. But Vata and Lawal, obviously he was brought in for cash. There was a transfer fee attached to him from Watford. But if they're guys that we think will be part of the, the first team squad in the future, maybe not the second half of the season, what's best for them? Do we keep them in the B team or do we try and find a loan deal for them for the second half of the season? What do you think? That's the thing. When you look at players that have come through our youth academy that have worked out and have been a success, I'm going to be honest, I haven't really seen that very many of them. The, the successes that I can think of, Kieran Tierney, I think it was an injury that got him his opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. Cal McGregor, it was a loan spell at Notts County that really changed the game for him. So when I think back to some of the good youth academy successes, perhaps a loan move, because I don't want to keep them in the B team because we're not really seeing any progress. We've not seen them get any closer to playing the first team than they were at the start of the season mm-hmm. or any closer than they were in January for that matter. So perhaps a loan move could be the way to go, but we've not really got anything to go off maybe in the last five years. So this is a successful way to make someone into a Celtic player. No, uh, you're right to, to use uh, McGregor as an example, but obviously um, I think Chris Heyer and, and Ryan Christie were another couple, but... Um, even Ralston, I mean, it wasn't due to his loan deals that he broke into the Celtic team, but he had a few loan deals. He, he was playing competitive football at a higher le- higher level. And I think that's important for, for Vata and Lawal. I mean, Vata, you know, it would be horrific if we were to lose that boy. Um, such a, a huge potential in him. Um, and when I was down in Manchester, actually, the, the taxi driver that, that took us to the train station was Albanian. And he couldn't believe that... Um, uh, Rudy Vata had obviously done a wee bit of work with the, the Axon team in the past as well. So we were having a wee chat about that. Um, now, the response against Everton, we, we hear time and time again from the, the mainstream press, particularly down south, um, and a lot of it is shock jockery, um, just how you know bad Scottish football is, just how great English football is. Now, I know they're not one of the top teams down there. I think they finished kind of like 16th in the table, something like that, in the, in the Premiership. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you know, I've seen nothing there, James, that would um, fill me with any kind of trepidation about playing at at this higher level. Um, But on the flip side of that, you know, the two teams we could have faced had we done better in our Champions League group was, uh, who was it? Manchester City was one of them. Um, Who was the the other team? That we, that we could have faced from Liverpool, Liverpool. right? There you go. And I think that would have been a completely different predicament. But I would like to see, in a, in a competitive sense, maybe this season was maybe a season too soon. I would like to see us maybe next season, um, you know, in Europe, competitively playing against an English side, just to really see where we are at that level. Because it's a bit of a false um, kind of impression you get when it's a friendly game anyway. And the fact that it was over in Australia, I know we've played English clubs in America in the past. Um, but I would like to see us pit our, pitch our wits against an English team of quality, next season do you think we would be up to it James I think there's too much money in the Premier League 
for we can give it a good go. I know that, but there's so much money, there's so much riches, and especially in the top half of the Premier League. That even if we were to drop down to Europa League and face one of the teams for the Europa League that are from England, I wouldn't mind that either. It's just good to see us test ourselves against those teams. But when yeah. you're just when you're talking about the English fans sort of looking down on Scottish football, the fact that our team is rich as ever, and I've seen the amount of money they've spent on players in recent years, the fact that they came, they play against Celtic and they put ten men behind the ball against a team from a league where the ground would score twenty goals apparently. It's surely if they're that much better than us, they can just go out and put on the most entertaining performance you've ever seen. They chuck ten men behind the ball because they clearly knew the quality that we possess. No, you're spot on. Um, yeah, that, that a lot of it, as I say, a lot of it is kind of the shock jokes, uh, looking for clicks, and I totally get that because you always get a reaction. But um, at the same time, there is a lack of respect. And I, 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 do, I do think that it would be a good time maybe next season, um, and I wouldn't put anything past Ange Postacoglu. Paddy Lavery, look at that tracksuit top he's wearing on the avatar. Well done, Paddy. Superb. Flying the flag for Axon. Afternoon all from the Doyne. Always an absolute pleasure uh, to hear from you. Uh, and Danny makes a point that I think you've already touched on, James Danny Riley. Uh, top strikers do not come cheap, and you know even if it is one of these kind of Edward style deals where you bring a a guy with huge potential and um, with a, a you know a buying option at the end of that, it could still cost you something like eight nine million quid. Um, but again, there's the sell on value, um, and you're trying before you buy. Of course, we could always bring a jetty back. Um, Magnet67, I tend to agree, IH Decorating, although I do still think we will hit a double figures win this season. All we need to do is convert 75% of the chances we make. Um, well, that that is the thing. We are cutting in open uh, open sides. We did it at a, a very high level in the Champions League. We're doing it domestically. We did it against Everton. We just need that striker who's all about the goals. Um, before we move on from the Australian chat though, James, you touched on it, talking about the fan base over in Australia and how we need to nurture it. Uh, we really do need to nurture it in that part of the world. By the way, fair play to all the Aussie fans who get up in the middle of the night to watch the games um, time and time again. It's, as James says, it's no easy when you're not used to that. Um, and I think that we've got massive fan bases that we do need to nurture in other places as well. Um, Ireland, of course, Japan and America. Um, and I think, although it would be difficult to be sending teams over every single year, James, there are other things we can do. And one of the suggestions that I've made previously is have some um, um, ambassadors within each of the regions. Nakamura's just retired, so you tap into someone with a Celtic link. Paul McStay was photographed over in Australia. That's where he's based now. You've got Scott McDonald over there. Um, I don't know who we've, we've got maybe in America, but we could send somebody because it's that important. And, and, and I just think that... They've got to, you know, embrace the supporters clubs over there. They've got to be the guy on the ground when it comes to merchandise opportunities, dealing with, you know, even broadcasting, all that type of thing that Celtic could do, I think, a lot, lot better. And then it taps into something we suggested a while back to the club. And that was this worldwide subscription kind of service whereby you can't buy a season ticket because you live in Australia. However, you can still invest in the club and you get other benefits um, as one of these uh, membership holders. And, and you know, you could have a, a really good service, media service, for example, James. Um, do you think that's something that the, the club really need to focus on, especially with the success of the, the trip over to Australia recently? 
Yeah, I've spoke about it a few times in the podcast, the way they do it down in France. Hmm. They have a service, they're connected with Amazon Prime, where you pay a certain figure a month along with Amazon Prime subscription and you get access to all the games. And we always hear the complaints from Premiership fans when, oh, why is this game not on the telly? Why is this game not on the telly? It's constant complaints from fans all across the league. Uh, we know that something like that it would be really beneficial for the fans because the amount of games we miss, we get blacked out of so many games. Mm-hmm. Especially right about this time when there's so many games leading up to the World Cup. So if we were to tap into Sydney Super Cup again, um, it's really great just to see those fans getting those experiences because they, I don't think they would have ever got those sort of tournaments coming over there if Ange Postecoglou wasn't manager. I'd like to see another trip like that where we would go to Japan. We would play against mm-hmm. Hugo's former team and Dyson Maida's former team. Maybe even a trip over to America, as you were mentioning. We know we've seen the, I think it's the New York CSC. They have a big celebration with former Celtic players and legends and stuff. They have yeah. that every summer. So we know there's a fan base over there. We should maybe give them a few games as well. But there isn't always going to be this prolonged winter break to do it. But even in the summer, we, we could easily pull something like this off again. No, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I think that there was a massive um, success with these charity games that Celtic Foundation ran at Celtic Park. Um, they were always well attended. And I think that maybe they, they stopped during the kind of pandemic time. But take it take it on the road. You know, take that kind of thing on the road. We, we can't always send the first pool of players, but but take the brand and take the club on, on the road and, um, you know, build these relationships. A lot of people tune in from all over the world on a Celtic state of mind. Um, I mean, we can see the analytics in terms of the amount of people that are watching in Australia and Japan. Um, and, you know, I just think as a club, we really need to tap into that because whilst we're playing in Scotland and I don't see anything immediately changing in that respect, we need to look at every single avenue when it comes to um, income streams. Now, we can't get through an Axon Bulletin without talking about the SFA, uh, James. I mean, that, that's just, that's a given. Um, what was your thoughts on the, the dialogue between the club and the SFA over the the contender for goal of the season that was chopped off against Motherwell, Jota? Uh, one of the, the finest worked goals I've seen um, in many a years, chopped off. And then, obviously, there was this whole Ferrari around the camera was facing elsewhere and all this kind of nonsense. Um, when you're coming away with that kind of excuse, then no wonder it breeds a wee bit of conspiracy because you're thinking, well, you're employed to watch the line, not provide TV cameras kind of footage, like looking at the reaction of Ange Postacoglu, for example. So what was your thoughts on that, the way the club actually handled the SFA? And do you see this improving in the second half of the season, James? Because so far it's been a bit of a shambles. Something has to be done, especially with the amount of time VR takes. I've complained about that a few times on the podcast already, but just on that Jota incident, the camera angle they used for that, how could they make out anything? Even the line looked like it had been drawn by a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's the, the club, they were quite, quite right to speak to the SFA about that because it's absolutely ludicrous to get that in the top division of any country, never mind in the Scottish football. And it's it's got to be sorted out. And VR, it was supposed to come in after the World Cup originally, wasn't it? So why why was it brought in earlier? Why was it? It seems rushed. I'm sure everybody can see that. 
there's teething issues which shouldn't be there because we shouldn't even have VAR right now. It should have been kept till after the World Cup until everything was clean cut and ready to go. And right now it evidently isn't. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump back for a minute because I've just seen a comment coming from Peter King in relation to the striker. Larson's son was available for nothing and we didn't want him. If it didn't work out, you got him for nothing, just the wages. Um, I remember when that, that became a point of conversation, there's always going to be um, this linkage to his um, father because of the, the type of idol and icon he is at Celtic Park. I totally got all that. But I also thought if you took that out of the equation, what the, the boy could do, the boy could play, um, the deal that could be struck due to the scenario that, that his club were in, I did see that as a as a decent move at the time. Uh, so Peter King brings him up. And yeah, we were linked to him. I don't know how solid that link was. Um, we'll get to uh, the World Cup near the end of this broadcast as well because there's obviously a few of our players involved there. Um, here we go. C- could you imagine uh, a wee comment on Facebook? Could you imagine a Robbie Keane or Gary Hooper in the current Celtic side? You know, that's the type of boy we're talking about. I mean. Robbie Keane was was absolutely dynamite. I don't know how many of these guys are out there uh, presently, but I would love a, that type of striker to come and complement what we've already got. Um, and Pat McGuire reckons that the Australian trip should be regular uh, during the winter break. Um, I know that w- with the Champions League qualifiers previously, it was always hard for us to plan like a a, a trip away, like you know a, a long trip away, if you like. And that's why often our pre-season games uh, were were short haul trips. But now. I hope that that is not the case and we can get automatic um, entry into the Champions League, then maybe it is something we need to look at. We need to look at our, all our fans. You know, a lot of them have have, have basically emigrated um, to another, another part of the world, but that doesn't stop you supporting Celtic. And, and you see the love over in Australia, for example, but you see that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Every single week at Celtic Park from the Irish fan base. And of course, we've got big fan bases in Australia and Japan and elsewhere as well. Um, Now, I'm going to move on to We Never Stop or we don't stop. We've heard it. Um, and obviously, it was it was a great wee, wee line for the merchandising team at Celtic Park to start putting on T-shirts, etc. Absolutely, I totally get it. But um, beyond all that, it is part of of the culture. And that, that's something that Ange had to change when he came in at Celtic, James, because there was a real issue with the culture around Celtic Park initially. And I'm, I'm going to comment on something that he said after after the game against Everton, where he was asked if the boys would get a well-deserved break, and he said, a rest? Are you kidding me? So Ange totally believes in this. Um, I think that they're going to get eight or nine days off or something like that. That's about it, James. But the refresh of the break during the World Cup, uh, the introduction, I hope, of some new faces in January, um, and I think what we will see is we'll see 
and his Celtic fire on, on all cylinders in, in the second half of the season? Yeah, I think we're going to be a little break for the players, then right back into some warm weather training, which is something we've done a lot under Rodgers. We went to, I don't even want to mention the place we'd go to after a certain season, but do you know where it is we're going for the warm weather training this year? Portugal, I, I think. think. it might be Portugal or Spain. Portugal, yeah. yeah. If we're both thinking that, it's probably Portugal. So the play, they've got a wee, a wee sort of break off to Portugal and then right back for the new season. And hopefully, as you said, some fresh faces as well. We'll have the players back for the World Cup as well. Hopefully they'll have impressed with some good performances. I could, be, I could maybe see some players leaving in January as well. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I think some could be on their way out. I think we spoke about that last week. But I think some could be on the way out as well. Well, um, interestingly enough, today uh, we celebrate the birthdays of two current Celtic players, Enrico Atati and Matt O'Reilly. They're two guys who I think their progress since coming in under a year ago, just in January, has been astonishing. Um, Matt O'Reilly turns 22 and Hatati's kind of over the hill now. He's 25, so he's getting on a wee bit. But I think that those two players... Um, are, are certainly going to have interest. We've heard that Matt O'Reilly has had interest from Newcastle, Crystal Palace and Leicester. Thankfully, we've not heard any teams linked with Atati that I'm aware of. And of course, there has been the Chelsea interest in Juranovic as well, James. And and I think that, and I've said this a few times in the previous broadcasts, I think Juranovic is the one we could, we could afford to lose. Now, what I mean by that is just because of, he's in that category of player... He's in the same kind of age group as Giacomacchus and Kyogo. Um, he's at the World Cup. The time could well be now. Um, if indeed he was to go, though, I would want another right back. I don't think any of the other players, it would be a good idea to allow any of the other players to leave, however. Um, do you think that is a possibility? Yeah, I was going to say, when I was trying to hint to when I was referring to players at the World Cup that I think Juranovic could go in January. When you look at, we signed him for two and a half million pounds, and we could flip him for eighteen and a half million pounds a year and a half later. It's incredible work in the transfer market from Ange again, which we've spoke about for so long because you just got to look at the players he's signed. Especially when you were talking about O'Reilly and Hatati, it's their birthdays today, and funnily enough, we signed what was it, Rio Hatati for one point four million, not O'Reilly for one point five. It's some some brilliant deals. You had. Juranovic, um, O'Reilly had Hattati's transfer fees up and you would, I don't even, would you get to the Barkas fee? I'm, I'm showing my poor maths here. You, you add those up and you would still need maybe a few bit more to buy a Ryan Kent in, <laughs> in the transfer market nowadays. But as you are saying, I think there could be a couple of players that we see leave by the end of this transfer window. I think Juranovic could be one of them. O'Reilly and Hattati, I think they've still got a lot more football to play at Celtic. I totally agree with that. And, and in terms of their own development, it was something that we've seen with uh, Musa Dembele. You know, there's a certain time where it comes becomes obvious that it is time to go. But if you go too early, I, I think if you go too early, then in terms of your progression, it can affect that as well. So you hope that they don't go for the quick, the quick buck. Uh, Kaiser, HTTC. Uh, paid for VAR cams should be dedicated to VAR, not the camera guy trying to get a swatch of Gigi's muscles. No, absolutely. It's one of these things that 
you know, the club have been um, in dialogue with the SFA. I just don't think we've gone in hard enough on them because it was completely unacceptable. We win the game. Imagine it was a one-each draw. You know, the, these are the, the margins. Um, look at this. Monty, come on now. Moussa Dembele is going out of contract soon. Can you imagine? Wow. Uh, what a player he was well, and obviously... If we don't try, if we don't try, then I'll be disappointed. He's, he'll be available in the summer for free. And it's one of the best players I've seen a Celtic shot in ages. We've got to give that a go. Yeah, he was he was dynamite. And I think the uh, one of the one of the regrets is the fact we didn't really see much of him and Edward together. I think that would have been an incredible partnership if you if you married those two up over a period of time. But thanks for your comment, Monty. Um the Celtic Christmas ad dropped last week. Uh, which put me in mind, obviously, at this time of the year in relation to Axom's fundraising activities. Uh, you've probably been involved over the last couple of years. Um, and my phone is somewhere, but we've actually now raised over 84 grand um, through our fundraising endeavours. So thank you, every single one of you, for getting involved in that. This year's a wee bit different. So we're still doing the charity weekend. We're still going to go live for 24 hours over a weekend. Um, but we'll be focusing on the download of a single, a charity single that we have recorded. It is sounding absolutely fantastic. I've just got to say there that um, the final mix does include a backing vocal by, and this is an exclusive, a backing vocal by Carly Connor. Um, so she is singing backing vocals. The Wakes have recorded the song. JJ Gilmer from The Silencers, Gary John Kane from The Proclaimers wrote the song and we're going to release it. So as soon as we get the uh, pre-release link, we'll be sharing that with you. And over the charity weekend, I will be pushing the download of that single. Imagine it got in the charts. Can you imagine that? That would be incredible. I think um, it's a big ambition around about the Christmas time, but it would be good to see. Now, James, you've heard the song, or you've heard a version of the song as well. What can listeners expect Yeah, you sent it to me over WhatsApp. I thought it was really catchy, I'll say that for certain. But if you look at the top charts of the last few years, a lot of them have been, most of them have been charity singles in the last sort of five or six years. So if you're talking about topping the charts, I'll say never say never. Anything we can do, Anything especially with the support. Of you're right. The people we saw, last, we saw last week at the Football Content Awards that we saw with the support of the people who tune in daily, that we can do anything with the support of those people. See, I love that kind of view on most things, to be honest with you, James, because there are quite a lot of people who, you know, if you listened to the advice they give you, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know, I always remember somebody said to me that if you want all your dreams and aspirations ruined, just go to your local boozer and talk to the guy hanging off the edge of the bar because he'll tell you it will never work what you want to do that for. And, you know, last week, I was, I was going to mention this, but you brought it up. Um, we went into Manchester and basically what happened, right, is that, since 2018, we had won four awards and been nominated for another, and we didn't win that. So we had won four awards. And it was all around, obviously, what we're doing here, a Celtic State of Mind, a podcast, uh, content creation, etc. And we're always trying to kind of move it on to the next kind of level. And the next level, after last year's uh, treble win, was to do more video content. So we started working on a lot more video, fully produced, the latest one, of course, was uh, Jim Moore travelling to Seville 
and having the foresight to take a camcorder and record loads of you guys and girls who are listening to this. Um, and you'll probably be on the video, who knows? And he, he, he captures Charlie and the boys playing, captures people climbing up fountains and all that kind of stuff. No trouble, by the way. He also captured um, how the Celtic fans stayed to the very end, to the lap of honour. Um, unlike some other teams who might lose in a European final, but... It was a brilliant bit of footage and we interviewed Jim over it and we put it on the channel. And there's loads more of that kind of thing coming. So on Saturday coming, uh, we'll be at the Billy McNeil statue unveiling and we'll be filming that. And we'll be speaking to the, the other um, ex-Celts who are in uh, attendance and we'll be putting that on the channel. That's the kind of thing that we do. And we've also got a video coming up this weekend whereby... Um, Save Our Celts and Celts for Change was a massive movement in the you know early 90s early to up to 1994 actually with the takeover and we've unearthed loads of unseen footage so we're going to be putting all that on the channel so that was our kind of focus over the last year and we were nominated for this due to the fact that Axom viewers voted for us to be nominated for the final and it was just incredible James right now I've got to say, right, I don't know how this comes across online, etc., but I'm quite humble when it comes to these things because you're in a room full of really, really talented people on massive budgets with huge sponsorship deals. And we were up against people like Thogden, who's got a 1 million YouTube channel, 1 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. He's currently doing a thing where he is going to every single World Cup game and he's creating footage. So you're up against some real big hitters, and we won. We won the, the Best Video Creator Award, which was just a phenomenal achievement. So, you know, the reason we talk about it is because it only happens because of the people that tune in, that subscribe, that like our videos, that buy a wee bit of merchandise to keep the whole thing running along. That's available on the link underneath the video, by the way. So a, a wee bit of insight into how it works. So we turn up, there's, I think, 400 in this beautiful arena in Manchester. And... I'm down there with my missus. So I'm just sitting there, you know, on the Pepsi, by the way, after I had one cocktail. Did you see my picture on uh, social media about the cocktails? Did you see that? So I went in and there was... No, right. So it was based on Manchester music. So the cocktail was called Fool's Gold or Blue Monday or whatever, right? And um, I went... Well, people are saying, well, you're going to have to go for Dirty Old Town. Well, I get that, obviously. But in terms of the actual flavours and the ingredients, I like to look at Night Fever. <laughs> obviously written by the Bee Gees and not 19 Forever, um, the, the Cortinas, um, which probably is more of your era anyway, James. And that's the only drink I had. Anyway, we went in, brilliant, beautifully put together, amazing. And when we were doing it, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
people were coming up from other tables and it was all very friendly. And, and people are saying to you know that they love the show. And it was amazing that other people from all over the country um, are into Axon. And I will have a, a wee shout out in a wee second. So we're just sitting at the table and um, do you know Emma Jones from Leeds United Television? She's a presenter on Leeds United TV. Um, so she was one of the I guests. Very popular. And she was at our table. And all night, you know, people are coming up for selfies and pictures and all that kind of stuff. With and she was very, very polite and all that. Brilliant. And she was sitting next to a guy who works for the same company whose dad played against Celtic in the 1970 European Cup semi-final. So it was just a brilliant night. Then we won the award. Everybody was very um, praise, praise, uh, praising of Axon. But I'm going to bring up um, one particular gentleman who watches Axon every single day. And he is from Dublin. And he watches, he tunes in at 12.30. And I, ho- I hope you're watching just now. And his name is Shane Murray. He's 70 years of age. And he tunes in every single day, James. So a big shout out to Shane Murray. His son was at the award ceremony. He's a Man City fan. Um, but Shane is very much a Celtic fan in Dublin. So thanks, everybody, for your support is basically what I'm saying. Um, whether or not you are able to tune in every day or just once a week or whenever you do, it makes a massive, massive difference. And when you build up that audience, you think, let's just try and raise some cash for, for charity and good causes. It looks as though we could maybe smash through 100 grand by the end of this year. That's astonishing from a, a broadcast, James, that was set up at the kitchen table. I just think... Fair play to everybody involved. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Um, did you see the Scott Brown video on BBC? I still can't get used to him with the hair, man. I saw, I saw an article. I saw an article about it, but I don't think I've seen the actual video. Right, so they're interviewing him um, about, obviously, his tenure down at uh, Fleetwood, and he's asked the question around um, which of the players he played with previously would he take to his club, you know, that, that would maybe... Um, fulfil the, the kind of culture he's trying to develop um, at Fleetwood and he said Callum McGregor and James Forrest that was the two names that, that he mentioned uh, speaking about Callum he says he drives standards about the place talking about on that day to day training regime the players that kind of drives the standards raises the standards Callum McGregor is a player he spoke about you were talking about getting refreshed part of that will be the, the return of Callum McGregor as well um, do you think we've missed him a great deal since he's been out? I mean, it sounds daft, right? But I don't think we've missed him in his position, per se. I think we've missed him in other... Because Matt O'Reilly's had to move, I don't think we've we've been as a, 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 as effective where Matt O'Reilly should be playing. No, well, it shows how strong the team is that... Well, Carl McGuire, for me, is the best player in the squad. And when he is out injured, it's not really noticeable. Because I thought Matt O'Reilly slipped into that role pretty seamlessly. I thought he'd done the defensive job very well. He got a man of the match performance in Europe for playing in that role and just progressing the play forward the way Cal McGregor went from that position. It wasn't really that noticeable at all. But what will be noticeable is when Cal McGregor's back in the team and what he offers to the team when he is back in it. It will be more noticeable there when Cal McGregor's back in the squad. And let's hope there's no sort of hesitancy about his game since he's been out because it was a hard injury for him to take. Mm. He's been out for a good while. What was it, two or three months? Cam McGregor's yeah. been out. But we know what Cam McGregor's like. He grabs everything by the scruff of the neck. And even when you watch the 
sort of content Celtic post on YouTube when they do the release sort of interviews with the players and they're asking them who's the best trainer in the squad it's always Callum McGregor hardest working it's Callum McGregor so I'm sure he'll come back with all the intentions to push Celtic towards this title and hopefully we'll get to see him lift it at the end of the season along with maybe two, one or two more trophies No absolutely well you say one or two more hey, listen I would never count my chickens, James, but with everything that's happening, including what's happening on that strap line there, um, it's opening up for Ange Postecoglou this season. It certainly is. I'm bringing you back in, Kaiser, because you say no man ever achieved greatness resting. You, my friend, um, were involved in the big sleepout at Celtic Park, so massive respect to you, um, our very own Paul Lamb, and everybody else who took took part in that at Celtic Park. Um, Every single one of us that you know, supports that kind of fundraising initiative. I take my hat, my hat off to you because it's tremendous, a great bit of work. So well done to you, um, and you can let us know all about how that went as well. Um, I've got to say, the Celtic FC women, right, is something that we have covered time and time again. And whilst we were down at the the award ceremony, our very own Natasha Miko uh, was unfortunately not there, but she won the silver award for best in women's football, James, right? Now, a couple of things on that. Uh, Natasha has been on a Celtic state of mind for quite some time now. And um, she, and I don't think she'll mind me saying this, was the victim of some horrific online abuse um, during that period. So when she overcame that, in her own time, overcame it, um, and then won that award, and I was saying this during the, during the over the weekend in that tour. You you won that award, and it's based on obviously your appearances on Axom and elsewhere because there's been a lot of mainstream appearances as well. Um, it was based on your social media output because Natasha doesn't have her own YouTube channel like all these other big hitters down there, James. So hats off to Natasha. Absolutely superb achievement. And hopefully you will go on um, from strength to strength. Um, and you very much are part of the Axon team. Um, there, there is no doubt about that. But that leads us into the Celtic FC women because Axon is now a patron of the women's team. We're a patron of Fran Alonso's team. You will see our logo on the website eventually. They will be tweeting this out and um, a few different things will be sent to us as a result of that, which we will be using as prizes just for simply subscribing to the Axon channel. So there are going to be some tickets available um, next year, at the early part of 2023, assigned football, etc. And we will be making that available to you as well. Now, James's Wi-Fi has been struggling today, so he's uh, dropped out. He might come back in, but if not, I don't mind talking to all you uh, guys and girls. So it's very important, I think, to highlight um, some of the great work that our fans are doing on a day-to-day basis. Celtic FC women, what do you think of the women's game? Have, have you bought into it yet? Have you um, gone to a game? Have you done anything that isn't involving the Celtic uh, men's first team? Because obviously we now have three options. You can go and watch Celtic B or you can watch Fran Alonso's team. Very successful um, as they are as well. Now, they won 3 nothing against Hearts uh, over the weekend and um, the goals were scored by Amy Gallagher who got a brace and Olivia Ferguson as well. We're now one point off Rangers and Glasgow City and Rangers are up next. As I say, we will have some tickets. Why not go along to the game if you win the tickets eh? and uh, introduce yourself to a different type of Celtic. Still playing in the green and white hoops. Um, 
Um, I also want to bring up some of the comments made by uh, Dyson Maeda. Dyson Maeda has praised Harry Kuehl for his work behind the scenes and how um, much that's actually helped Maeda this season as well. And I think that there was a lot of talk around the backroom team when Ange first came in, and I think that was fair enough. Welcome back, James. It was fair enough mm-hmm. because, um, you know, we, we can only read kind of between the lines about, you know, why we went for Ange Postacoglu. Well, we know it was because Eddie Howe didn't come up. And a big part of that was uh, the backroom team. Then Ange came along, travels all the way from Japan, doesn't bring anybody, does it himself, um, uses the tools that are available to him, and then slowly but surely he's starting to tweak that. And part of the, the tweaks, James, has been Harry Kuehl. Maeda's been talking in glowing terms about Kuehl's influence behind the scenes. Um you know, how important do you think that's been for Ange as well to, to you know, put his own stamp on the backroom team? Yeah, you can see the effect Harry Kuehl's had on this team. You just need to look at the improvement of Jota this season as well. Mm. And you can look at the play from Haxabanovic this season, who I think has been phenomenal since he's came in. These are all players that have been directly impacted by Harry Kuehl this season. And it was, it was very brave of him to come to Celtic without his own back team. But yeah. now that he's got the backing of the back team that were already there. He can put his own stamp on it, as you were saying. And if you're getting players that are all on, all on to push and just philosophy on the rest of the squad, then again, it can only pay dividends for the future for Celtic. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Donny Boy, welcome back to the show. Donny Boy 67 says, I'd sell nobody that's regular starter until some driftwood is removed. And I get what you're saying there because, you know, we do have, we still have a clutch of players, James, who are not starters. And I know that you do need a, a deep squad, but there's, there's guys in there that I'm starting to wonder what the future holds for them. Now, I know James McCarthy's injured, but he was in that category for me. He came back from pre-season looking really lean, looking really, really fit. I read um, that Celtic were prepared to listen to offers for him. Then he gets injured. I think we would have moved him on had we got the opportunity in, his, in the summer transfer window. The other player, of course, is Idiguchi. He's been with us now for almost a year. I know that he's had um, fitness and, and injury issues. But there are some players... Do you agree with Donny Boy? Do you think that the three or four guys that are maybe on the fringes of this team have to be moved on first? Or is it simply not a case of having that luxury? I don't think there's that much drift with that. The club. We can't sell McCarthy because he's injured. He'll fail a medical wherever he goes. So there's no chance of him going out the door. And it would be be pretty mean to terminate his contract. I don't think he deserves that. Uh, but Idiguchi, perhaps, but we've been saying he's not had a chance since, what, July? So mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to think that chance isn't coming for Idiguchi. I think the door might be the best place for him. And I think with Kobayashi coming in, if that's to be believed, because all the reports are he, the Japanese team has resigned to losing him and mm-hmm. he will be joining us for free on the 31st of January, then I wonder what that spells for maybe someone like Stephen Welsh or if we are going to be getting Moritz Jens on a permanent in the summer because we have Mm. got that option to buy. I'm not sure what the fee is, but we have got an option to buy with Moritz Jens. If if you were in this situation, would you, if you had the choice between paying the money for Jens in the summer, let's say it's £3 million, or if it was to keep Stephen Welsh, and then just let Jens go back to his club. Where would you be thinking here? 
Well, as you've said, Kobayashi's coming in. We've done another brilliant bit of business because it's there's no fee, uh, which is incredible. So you can throw him into that pile of players that, um, you, you know, their combined fees didn't even come up to a Ryan Kent. Um, so that, I think, is another brilliant bit of business by Celtic. Um, Mo Itakura was a player that we were all quite excited by. I remember he was he was linked, he was he was on loan, He's but he was well. a Man City player. Done, done really well. Um, the, our Japanese correspondent, Liam Cargan, and in actual fact, Dan Orowitz, uh, agreed with him that um, Kobayashi is a better player. He's a better prospect. So I, I think what we're getting with him is, is a top, top class signing. The Stephen Welsh thing, though, I think it's a real dilemma. Um, we know that there was interest from Udinese and Toulouse. And at that time, we just weren't in a good position because we didn't have real security over what was happening with Chris Julian. We didn't know when he'd come back. On on both occasions that there was interest in Welsh, we really didn't know what was happening with Chris Julian. Um, and I think that partly played a part in, in why Stephen Welsh remained at the club. At least one of those deals was a loan, by the way. So I don't know where he stands in terms of Ange because it's easy to say, well, you know, we could have got rid of him twice and Ange kept him. Um, but maybe it was through necessity rather than through the choice of keeping him. I'm a fan of Stephen Welsh. Um, I think he started this season off really, really well. You know, he, he scores in the opening game. But I, I just think that when the, the real test has happened with him, I, I think he's been left wanting a wee bit. Um, I don't think in terms of his aerial ability, and I'd love to see Alan Morrison's stats on his aerial duels, I don't think he's commanding enough. Um, he seems to lead, strangely enough, going for a ball in the air, leads with the, with the feet rather than leads with the head. He always seems to be off balance. Um, and I think in Champions League scenarios, you, you know, when you're up against the, the, the quality that we face this season, they can tear you apart. Um, he, he looks, obviously, he, he looks a lot more comfortable playing alongside Carter Vickers. I think Jens has come on leaps and bounds, actually, since we signed him. I think um, some of the Champions League games, he was doing a lot of the, the stuff that goes under the radar, a lot of the interceptions that he was making, for example, and then opening up the play. I think his distribution's been good. He loves a pass to Haksabanovic, which often you know, uh, puts them on the back foot. So I've been impressed with him. And I guess that when you bring in um, another centre-half in January, you're looking at it thinking we're maybe a wee bit top-heavy. But I wouldn't want to lose Welsh permanently. I think we get Welsh out on loan. You know, if an opportunity came in from somebody like Udinese, Scottish footballers are, have got good stock in Italy at the moment. If if you manage to get them out on loan, that's the, the best option. And I would still buy Jens. I remember somebody came in and said it was just under three million for him. So I think you buy him all day long for that fee. Even if he is going to be under Kobayashi, Carter Vickers, Starfield, I think you still bring him in um, on a permanent deal and you put Welsh out on loan. I still think there's development in Welsh. Uh, put him out on a year's loan, James. And, um, you know, I, I th you know, we spoke about Jack Hendry. Remember, nobody would give him a kick of the ball for Celtic. Uh, absolutely not. He went away and he progressed as, as a loan player. And by the end of that loan deal, I'd had him back. I know that there was the, the option to buy and they took advantage of that. So that that's the way I would do it. I would bring in Kobayashi. I would sign Jens on a, on a permanent at the end of the season. But in January, if I get the option, I would move Welsh out on loan. I still think he's got a future at Celtic Park. What do you make, what do you make of that? Him, we should have put him out on loan when Udinese came calling. I think it, it was January this year, was it not, that Udinese came in with the £2 million. We should have knocked back the £2 million and seen if they would have done 
maybe a year long loan deal, a year and a half until the end yeah. of until the end of this season. Because we've seen the development of players like Aaron Hickey over in those leagues. I mean, oh, when yeah. he was at Hearts, a couple of Celtic fans, when he was getting linked with the club quite a lot, I think it was three and a half million pounds, maybe three million pounds. Mm-hmm. There were Celtic fans that were not going back because we didn't think he was good enough. We didn't think he was Celtic quality or whatever. But he's went to another league and showed that he is Celtic quality. Perhaps someone like Stephen Wells, that is exactly the move that he needs. Because we know how important defending is in Serie A and in Italian football. We'll see that it was at the Catanaccio style of football. If we can get Stephen Welsh learning under the reins of some of those sort of managers and those coaches, it could be perfect for his career. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we've probably learned a, a wee lesson with some of these guys uh, that we've had. Um, quite young players like Jack Hendry, you can put them out and they can develop. So let's not always close the door on that. Mikey Johnson's doing well in Portugal. Um, he might come back. You just don't know. Let's not write off all the young guys that come through the system. I understand that a lot of our regulars will be probably watching the England game in the World Cup today. So um, if you're watching on catch-up, listen, I don't take it personally. It's not a problem. However, um, we will be focusing, just before we go, we'll be focusing on Celtic players past and present who are playing at the World Cup. The World Cup for me um, has lost a lot of its allure over the years, but none more so than this year because of the the, the decisions that were made around that in terms of chasing the dollar um, over the the right thing to do, the, the humane thing to do. And um, obviously, I think uh, it's another conversation for another day. So I've, I've not even tuned into a minute of the World Cup yet. But Van Dijk and Frimpong are in the Netherlands squad. They will be playing Senegal at four o'clock clock on, in Group A today, James. Van Dijk now um, was a surprise, probably was a wee bit surprised to find when I checked today that he's 31 years of age now, Van Dijk. He's a captain of the Netherlands and um, he's got he's going to win his 50th cap today. He scored six goals. Um, and you've got Frimpong, who's 10 years younger, who is still uncapped. He was a bit of a wild card. Um, and Senegal have 10 players playing in England. What do you make of that? We're going to, I think, go with the bookies on this one. Probably Netherlands to win that game. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think Netherlands will win the game and they'll top the group as well. But the thing is, with the Netherlands, obviously we're big fans of Jeremy Frimpong, we're big fans of Virgil van Dijk, but a lot of the players in that squad predominantly play in their division. A lot of the players predominantly play in the Dutch League. So when I'm looking at the World Cup, there's not really a lot of top quality players from the top leagues there. So I think a lot of people are maybe just looking at Van Dijk in that team and overlooking the rest of the squad. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I see them going very far, but on Jeremy Frimpong, I hope he has a very good tournament because we know the clubs that are stiffing about Manchester United have been scouting him and I'm just hoping that we'll put some sort of sell-on clause in Jeremy Frimpong's contract Yeah, because I can see him going for a very, very, very big fee, maybe around 40, 50 million mark. Well, the interesting thing about that, James, is I read a, an article over the last couple of weeks about all these players that Celtic have sold on and, and the legacy of Peter Lowell's uh, recruitment structure. And um, one of the players, actually, that, that Monty mentioned earlier, Dembele, we had a sell-on with Dembele, but obviously he's going to be le- leaving for now. Uh, we've got a sell-on for Tierney, Frimpong, Ayer, Eduard. You know, and like you say, if it's a massive fee... That's huge for Celtic, absolutely huge for Celtic. So fair play to him. Um, I think England have just scored, going by the, some of the yeah. comments that are coming in, by the way. There you go. 
so England are a goal up and uh, we'll see how that transpires. The other game I'm going to keep an eye on today is um, because of Cameron Carter-Vickers and Timo Weir. Remember Timo Weir? Uh, Group B, uh, it's USA versus Wales, 1900 hours, so it's 7 o'clock tonight. And um, listen, I've got loads of fans in Wales, by the way, so I'm a bit split here. I'm supporting Carter-Vickers, but... Um, I've got some pals from Wales and I love Wales so kind of billboards they put up in the American players hometowns like the Ted Lasso billboards brilliant you'll need to look at the one they had for Cameron Carter Vickers it's absolutely phenomenal it's superb I mean you look at uh, those two players right Cameron Carter Vickers 24 years of age 11 caps Timo Weir he's still only 22 he's got 25 yeah, caps for his country 18 we had him proper young he was and I mean he's now at Lille and um, when you look at the, as I say, the makeup of that team, and you look at the Welsh, the Welsh squad, um, I, I'm going to I'm going to watch that game. That's going to be the first game I'm going to watch in the World Cup. Um, I think because I'm a big fan of Wales, but I also want to see Carter Vickers, and I, I hope that he starts tonight. Um, how do you see that one going for us? Um, I've been looking at a lot of American sort of commentators and pundits talking about the American team, predicting their lineups and stuff. A lot of them, they, they want Carter Vickers to start, but they think he'll be an outside shout. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are unhappy with the manager and there's decisions he's made already. So uh, you can see a lot of them, they want Carter Vickers to start, but they don't think he will. So it's not that there's better players in the team. It's just the manager seems like he's a bit clueless. Yeah. To be honest. And if Cameron Carter Vickers isn't making that American defence, then perhaps he is. Aye, they must have some defence. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure again. Colin Watt um, should be back next Monday. As I said during the the broadcast, it's not about um, you know blowing your own trumpet. It's about saying that we are achieving these things because of the people that tune into the channel, the, the people that support us, subscribe, um, like the videos. If you want a wee bit of merch for Christmas time, we do have an online shop. We don't charge for content, but obviously there's a wee bit of merch in there. We see the same names popping up time and time again. Folk contact us directly, DM, email. It's incredible um, just how big... The, the scope has gone with a Celtic state of mind and it's all down to those who are listening, those that contribute. So thanks everybody for getting involved. Thank you James McKenzie for joining me and we'll see you again tomorrow at 12.30 on a Celtic state of mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.